listening to Europe's number one pro wrestling podcast. Set no substitutes. Bringing you the best in pro wrestling interviews, news, and opinions with Mr. Stevie Knight. Welcome all into Seconds Away, it's night time, British Wrestling Podcast. Uh, this is another one of our classic selection, uh, three years old now, maybe even a little bit longer than that, uh, with Rowdy Ricky Knight, another one of my favourite podcasts. Uh, don't forget, there is a brand new episode up right now uh, with the current reigning NWA World Heavyweight Champion, real good friend of mine, Nick Aldis. Uh, a fascinating talk about how the NWA has really come to prominence recently. Uh, what happened with him and TNA uh, and more. Um, so we're well worth a listen. It's getting rave reviews, that one. So go and check it out. A brand new episode with Nick Aldis. Uh, but for this one, this is a real interesting listen and good because you can hear uh, just how the things came together uh, to get the Ricky Knight and uh, Sweet Soraya film together, um, Fighting With My Family, uh, which was announced just after this interview. Uh, and you can hear maybe the seeds coming together for that film. Uh, so this was before the film came out. This was recorded just after Paige uh, won the WWE Women's Championship. Uh, but this is definitely more about Ricky Knight. Um, and you're going to hear stories about how he got into wrestling. Um, and some of the amazing stories uh, that's happened on the road with his tag partner Jimmy Ocean. Who's a crazy guy. I've met him lots of times. He's absolutely crazy. Uh, but what a fantastic wrestler he was and what a tag team they were as well um, around the British circuit uh, while being completely mental all at the same time uh, and they've got some great stories to tell uh, so check this one out uh, don't forget you can find us all over the internet check us out on uh, Twitter which is at It's Night Time uh, also on Facebook which is at Seconds Away it's night time and don't forget to subscribe as well wherever you get your podcast you can find us on there we're going to be uploading new podcasts every single week with some great guests on the way as well uh, so enjoy this one don't forget to subscribe this is rowdy ricky knight how long have you been in the wrestling business for now ricky well get on for a year yeah. Thirty year. I mean, let's let's just just digress this because no doubt I'll start calling you Paddy because I've known you for twenty years. Yeah, so uh, yeah, Paddy, sure. real real name is Paddy. Yeah, so, real name uh, is Paddy. Yeah. If if I start calling you Paddy, people will wonder what's going That's on. Right. I let so, the friends call me Paddy, and you're my mate. Yeah. So you're a knight, isn't you? Well, I am a knight. Yes, a distant distant cousin. <laughs> That's so, right, yeah, yeah. If there's anything you don't want to talk about, Paddy, um, mm. just mention it when I asked you, and I'll cut it out. Yeah, so, right, uh, no problem. Uh, no, all right. I've got nothing. I figured you wouldn't have, uh, so yeah, right, that's yeah. all right. Now, Paddy, if it's fair to say, you are a pretty hard fella. Uh, you've had a pretty rough life. Yeah. Um, tell us about your childhood growing up. Well, I grew up uh, in a family. There's 15 of us. Uh, my mother brought up, and uh, and she also had my old nan there. She's lifted in out of bed, so it was, a, it, was um, yeah, we, we, it was a tough old existence, and... Uh, we had to have a roll call every morning, two or three sittings for breakfast and stuff like that. And we always had to earn our own coin. My you know, mum never gave us nothing like it was always, you know, if you want something, you've got to earn it. And uh, if you want anything, we just had to go and find, find a way of earning it. You know, paper rounds, log rounds, everything. So, you know, everything we had, had in life, we had to earn, which now, looking back, it, it, it's good. But then, as I said, I sort of uh, started hanging about with the wrong people and uh, getting in gangs and stuff like that. And uh, my early life was just basically uh, in and out of jail, to be fair. And can you tell us some of the things you was in and out of jail for? Uh, 
well, everything, mostly on the football terraces, armed robberies. I mean, I was, I was a nightmare to me. But I've done, a, you know, in all honesty, uh, mate, I've done about um, uh, eight years before I was 25 years old. Really? In and out of so institutions, it... ball stools, prisons, and basically being a pain in everyone's arse, you know what I mean? So. so when was the first time you went off to Borstal? What age were you? Uh, first time I went away was I was about 16. And uh, as, a, um, as a punch up at the football match and uh, uh, stuff like this. And uh, they gave me, well, it was a free month detention centre. And that was down in Oxford in Killington. That, that was rough, I can tell you. <laughs> you got kicked around from uh, morning to night time. And that's my first time. And then I'd done three Borstals and I got... Uh, uh, prisons and everything, and I was just generally always in and out of trouble, running with the gangs and stuff. It's it's a thing that obviously not a lot of people have experienced. I mean, have you seen the film Scum? I have, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, would, and would you say because I mean that would have been the same kind of time period? Yeah, that's, that you pretty, was... that's a pretty accurate thing about uh, about. Uh, and, uh, funny enough, the other one, believe it or not, that was the comedy is Porridge. I know it's right, just comedy, yeah. but the cells are like that was in there. The, you know, three, three beds in a cell, the old, you know, grey, horrible colours, you know, and the bowl, the washing and that, and the old pot, the wee and that. And uh, I always say to my wife, that is how it was when I was there. I know it's all changed now, you get the TV and the cells and whatever, that's how it was when I was young, you know. So, yeah, that and porridge is a good, good, you know, good uh, guide on how it was in the time. So it's, it's pretty fair to say you was uh, definitely heading down the wrong path. Well, yeah, I always said, um, I mean, uh, it's no secret, I've I'll put it down many times. I had met my, my wife, you know, sweet, sweet Julia, as you know. I think I'd rather have been doing life in prison or I'd have been dead myself, you know. I was going down that road, I was going down the road of, you know, I'd, I'd come from being a football thug up to running the doors. It's like, you know, all the old salt chestnut, running with the gangs and uh, running with mom. One of my mates, he was a proper gangster, you know what I mean? So I, I, I've done a whole nine yards before, you know, before I met my wife, you know. And now wrestling, where does this become involved? Now, I don't know if this is a, a true story, but this is a story that I've heard many, many times that you was working on the door, and this is where wrestling became involved in your life. That's right. It was, uh, I was working in a place, you probably know, King Glen. I mean, that was a tough old territory. At the time, I was running all the doors around Norfolk, and... Uh, uh, running all the dodgy clubs and stuff, and so I had my own agency. And uh, King's Inn was a real handful. I mean, a real place, but uh, uh, you earned your money. Well, this particular night, these uh, group of lads come to the door, and we, did, we had the iron bars on it. It was full security, and they said, "Can we come in?" And it was a rough old mop. So I said, "Look, mate, this is a members' club and stuff like this. Trying to put them off." And they go, "Look, we're, we're wrestlers from, uh, you know, we just had a wrestle down the corn exchange in King's Lynn. So I sent away the door, and thought, these guys are fighting, man, ain't going to cause trouble in here, let them in. So I, I let them in, and within two minutes, this guy uh, uh, come walking up to me and was talking to him, and it was Jimmy Ocean, um, big big uh, name lightweight in them days. Got to, he started talking to me about, uh, about everything else, and got to wrestling, so I never thought about it, and I said, well, no, so I was enjoying it as a kid, went and watched you know, everyone else, like Parts Bar and place like that, went and watched it, but I'd never thought about doing it for living and stuff. And he, I got on really well with him. It was the first time I met him in my life. And about, I'd say about two weeks later, I went around a friend in Norwich and uh, 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 just for a cup of tea, really. And I walked in, who sat there? He said he was Jimmy Ocean. And I, I said, I mean, he's in a club the other night. He said, yeah, he said, this is where my lo I'm lodging. 
And I thought, well, that's a small world. And he said to me, look, I'm going wrestling training now. Do you want to, want to give it a go? So I said, yeah, I'll come down, see how I get on. And uh, we went down there, and Jimmy spent an hour or two with me. He said, look, you've got natural ability for this job, mate, uh, if you wanted to do it. So I was at a loss, because I've always played football, I've always done everything else, and uh, I said, I'll give it a go. And I did, and the rest is pretty much history, really. Now, Jimmy Ocean, uh, a lot of modern fans perhaps not know his name too well. Um, now, I know, obviously, you know, fantastic. I oh. mean, absolutely awesome, awesome work. Oh, he's work, right up it? there with the Johnny Kids, the Johnny Saints, and he's right up there with him. He's one hell of a fantastic worker. And he's never, absolutely. never ever got the uh, credit he deserves, in my opinion. You know. Really, really didn't. Yeah. Uh, he was a bit of a terror outside the ring, though, wasn't he, Paddy? He was. I mean, he was very hard to get on, to get on with. You know, I'm not... You know, he's like a little bro to me, and I've had, I've had problems with him, but, but he was hard to get on with. He's one of them guys, you know, he pretty much, uh, people didn't know how to take, you know what I mean? Because he, you know, he was only five or eight, but he, he, he got the full broken nose, the collier, you know. It really is a legit hard little bugger, you know what I mean? And like, and he said it how it was, he never hid nothing, you know, most of the guys going to burn as you know, you know shake your hand and stab you in the back at the same time but Jimmy would always tell people straight out was he didn't want to talk to him he said I don't want to talk to you and stuff like that so he wasn't the most popular guy in the circuit to be fair you know what I mean but he as I said he was like a little bro to me and uh, I've you know, always loved him to bits personally yeah supremely supremely talented guy he used to scare the shit out of me <laughs> absolutely scare the shit out of me uh, in fact the, the very first uh, live wrestling that I ever saw the very first match I ever saw um, was Jimmy Ocean, and he had a pair of pink cycling shorts on, and he stood out to me like a sore thumb. And uh, the first wrestlers I ever approached, and I think you probably remember this, uh, was you and Jimmy was stood at the bar at the Memorial Hall in Cleethorpes. This was when I was about 14 years old, yeah. and I was I was stood staring at you, and I, I think you do remember this, I don't do you? I remember it like yesterday. Yeah. yeah, and I was stood staring at you, and yeah. you said, yeah, you, come, you can come and talk to us, lad, we don't bite. Yeah. And, I, and I remember that again like it was yesterday. Right. So, yeah, we, we, we go back a few years. Oh, buddy, definitely, yeah. I remember the uh, first day you met us on that uh, holy camp as well. And you yeah. started rolling about the ring and we you know, and stuff with us, yeah. I do. And, I, and, and I get... backstage, when you were, still, yes. you were still doing the tapes, I believe, or something. You, you done yeah, tapes, photography and I'm, everything. I've still yeah. got that somewhere, you know, that tape. I've still got one of those yeah. tapes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Oh, it used to scare the shit out of me because Jimmy, I like you say, Jimmy was this polarizing figure that everyone was scared of. Oh yeah. And he and he said, "Who's going to get in the ring with me?" And I I jumped at the chance That's to right. go in the ring with him. Yeah. And and you said you said to me, "You've got some balls, lad." Yeah. And, and you know because I I was keen to learn at the time. So yeah, yeah great times, absolutely fantastic yeah, times. So I mean, ob- obviously after this, you and Jimmy uh, teamed up as the Superflies. Where did the name come from? Is it well, obvious? That's, that's another uh, story, really, because Jimmy. Um, he went up to Leeds to work for Max and stuff. And uh, while it was a while, I was still working for a local, local promoter. And I said to them, my, my then first wife, I said, I think I'll have a change of hairstyle, you know, to try, change a gimmick. So I, I went down to the hairdresser and he'd done me the slick skunk style with a blonde at the top, black at the sides. So um, I hadn't seen Jimmy for three or four months. So, you know, I'd been on the phone, but we never mentioned about this, having my hair done this way. And he was at King's Lynn and Saturday for Brian Dixon, so was I. So I said, I'll see you there. But, so I get there Saturday, what we're doing is like looking in the mirror. Jimmy had the same done in Leeds. But we, <laughs> we didn't know each other going to have it done. So I went, bloody old Jimmy. So it's amazing. He said, it's amazing. Well, at that time, Brian Dixon walked in the door and went, bloody hell, a tag team. 
So he, and he goes to Superflies, because at the time I was known as Superfly Ricky Knight. Right. He went to Superflies. So anyway, we didn't pick much of it. And after the show, Jimmy went, Brighton, are you serious about the tag team? And he went, bloody hell, yeah. So Jimmy said, right, we'll go out and spend some money, and we'll come back to you when you're ready, and which is what we've done. And we went back, and we became very uh, colourful and outrageous, and we took it back to Brighton, and he loved it. And to be fair, you know, I've got to give Brian his due. He was the one who, who created the Superfly. He's the one who pushed the Superfly. He's the one who sort of made us what we were. I mean, you were, you were literally out seven nights a week oh, yeah. for Brian, wasn't That's you? That's right. Yeah. I mean, Brian was our main man. He's our main promoter. And, like, you know, at the time, Brian's head was really in the game. And we had some great tag teams around the time. You know, Ben and McCoy. You know what I mean? And Task Force One, the Kilbys. You know, I mean, there's so many teams doing the circuit at that time. You know, the, obviously the Liverpool lads were on Nemesis. You know, and it, it, it was just a great time for tag wrestling, you know. And... Uh, it was just, it was great to be a part of it. It really was. And, uh, you know, the division used to draw crowds in them days. I mean, you put the tag on, on them days, it's a draw, you know? Uh, you see, that was a, you know, that was a top of the bill thing and it drew everywhere. I, I remember going to the shows and you guys were always on. And like you say, it was, it was a draw and the Superflies were very, very popular. And you added a manager. Um, yeah. what year would it have been you added your uh, manager then? Um, it's about 1990 we met Jules. Right. And, uh, yeah, we, 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 she became our manager. I mean, to be fair, she, uh, she done all the dirty work first. She came in the hard way. We are on the holiday camp, sir. You know yourself, it's a hard old, old job, you know. It's, uh, in her days, you drop the 20 a week. So she was, um, doing the cooking, the ironing, and washing all the gear, and keeping us going. And this went on for a full, good, about a year. And then one day, uh, Jimmy went away for a few weeks, and, uh, I said to her on the camp one day, I said, listen, you know, you've done all the hard work. Let's uh, let's get you out there. I said, um, what you got in your what you got in your case? Said, oh, I've got this lovely dress. I've got this out there. I said, right, you're going to come out there. You're going to be my manageress. And uh, you know, I just told her things I wanted to do. And she went out there, and it was Canvas Sands. I always remember Canvas Sands. Yes. Yeah. Massive great holiday park, and she tore the roof off. It was like she was a natural. It's like she she was born to the business, you know, and. Uh, he was a sensation, and uh, so I, I then told Jimmy. We then rang up the promoters and said about the sensational new girl we'd found, and uh, I said to all the promoters, "Look, listen, I'm going to give it to you once for nothing." I said, so "I'll guarantee you want her back." And I was right every time. Every promoter we took her to, they wanted her back. You know what I mean? And she become she become a sensation in her own right. She was brilliant. Absolutely, and then the Superflies were born along with the, the sweet Soraya, who, as everybody will now know, obviously, she's gone on to massive success oh, yeah. herself. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so many years to go through here. We couldn't possibly talk about everything. I mean, we're talking seven days a week for 20 years, yeah. so I'll, I'll just hit you with some uh, most memorable moments. Think, can you think of some specific moments during those times with Brian and Max? The most memorable you can stand out forever is when we actually won the titles at uh, Colson Hall. It was 1989, and we was on with Ben and McCoy. And all the way down it, you know, we just kept saying, you know, we, you know, we, what we want to do, and this and that and the other. And uh, it, it was packed out. I mean, they always were in them days, but we'd done uh, 48 minutes in the tag. And, uh, you know, when we went over, it was like, it was amazing, because me and Jimmy... You know, we a bit like my daughter for the years. We done all the we done all the graft, done all the hard work. We, you know, we were star make. We always thought we were star makers. To be honest, with you. you know what I mean? We were star makers rather than the stars. 
And we, I was quite happy to do that because I just wanted to wrestle. I was like you. I just wanted to wrestle. I didn't care if I, you know, if I went over, didn't go over. I just wanted to be in there. The crowd was what I buzzed off. It wasn't, you know, as much as the results and everything else. But this particular night, when we went over on Ben and McCoy, and we were the best tag team in the country at the time, it was amazing. And me and Jimmy just couldn't believe it, you know. And, we, and overnight, we've just come overnight sensations by it as well. And again, I thank Brian for that because it was Brian who created us, you know. Yeah. Memorable matches during this time? Who were some of the guys you was working with regularly? Uh, well, obviously, uh, Robbie and Doc. I mean, amazing, amazing tag team. Uh, you know, they, they, they could have got a better baby-faced tag team against the two ugliest court geezers in, the, <laughs> in wrestling. Yeah. And they were the two ultimate baby-faces. You know, the women loved them, the kids loved them, everyone loved them. And you had those two ugly buggers from Norfolk, you know what I mean? They, they were just so right for us, you know? And I loved Doc. I loved working oh, with the Doc. Doc. I thought he was a tremendous. worker, actually, sensational. And... Uh, you know, bless his heart, and, uh, you know, Robbie and stuff, and uh, it was just, it was just a great time, and uh, the matches we had with him was absolutely brilliant, I mean, you can go to St. George's Hall, Liverpool one night, it was sold out capacity, and it was a, you know, a match between us and them, and, you know, the chance of Liverpool, it's like being the cop, and it was deafening, you know, and it was just, just amazing, and of course, the other two was Ben and McCoy, I always thank, uh, Ben and McCoy for that match at, uh, at Bristol when we won the titles. It was 48 minutes. I said, them guys, they worked their hearts out. They worked their hearts out to make us look good. They made the work out to put the, uh, the actual wrestling over. It was They were fantastic guys, you know, and I can never never thank them enough, you know, because they were just great great people, you know. And uh, they, they helped make, make our career. And, you know, and, so many guys, you know, in them days would help you more than India, you know, they were some great people around. I, mean, I do miss them days to be fair. Yeah, absolutely. Now obviously when you was working for Brian, Brian is, is renowned now for having so many Americans over the, I mean, he gets them before they're famous, obviously, they come over here to learn. Yeah. Um can can you think of some of Americans and Japanese guys that you've worked with that have gone on to become mega famous? Well I was just thinking about it last week. I was actually met um well, he's Fuji Hamada here. He's now Juice of Thunder Liger. Yeah. And uh, I actually was on a show with me last week, and it was like 20, nearly 20 odd years since we last wrestled, you know. And to go in there, and Kojima, he was there as well. And they actually they actually remembered, and that was really nice. I walked in, and Kojima anyway, go, oh, Ricky Knight, and uh, oh, Jimmy Olsen, <laughs> straight away. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Jimmy, oh, Jimmy Olsen, it's like, is that, a, is that a nice remembrance of him, or is that not, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, they did, they were just great people. And obviously I've worked, you know, with some great Americans as well, like Jake the Snake and Earthquake and Marty Giannetti and people like that. So I've been lucky. And, and the biggest uh, thing for me is working with Dynamite Kid, you know, ultimate greatest wrestler, in my opinion, his country sent out. He's fantastic. And even though I worked with him at the end of his career, the heat and the thing we got working together was fantastic. Great worker, you know. And... Uh, yeah, I've been lucky. I've wrestled with some great people, you know, and uh, they made me look a million dollars. Ah, don't worry. I think sometimes you've made them look a million dollars as well. So, well, I hope uh... I play my part, but I mean, I've always said, you know, I'm more, you know, when it comes to wrestling ability, I'm more of a showman. And but, uh, you know, I can, I can wrestle, but I've always been a showman. A bit like yourself, really. You know what I mean? Always, yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, you could yeah. have been my brother, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, it's, it's who, who does less to get most heat? That was all my thing. <laughs> yeah, I think we used to have competitions for that. Pleasure we, yeah. all together. I suppose it was a good match for you at Norwich, mate. 
and we, <laughs> we used to have them ranting up the aisles and we hadn't touched for about 10 minutes. <laughs> I, was, I was watching that yesterday, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, great memory. Oh, no, great. great. And the old uh, get to the top rope bit and get vertigo and all that. I mean, it's just... Well, I'm saying, I think that's uh, the thing we're missing from. I was just saying to some of my uh, students the other night, in, in, in the old British style, there's always that little bit of comedy, you know? Even in yeah. the heat of the battle. I remember we... Uh, Colson or Bristol that night when we won the titles. It's so serious and... But uh, the kid McCoy was bleeding like hell. There's blood coming out everywhere, and Jimmy's going, "Tag me, Rick! Tag me, Rick!" And he's swaying on the rope. You know what I mean? Suddenly falls into the ring and stuff like that. And one comedy spot in the whole match. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that that was just how it was. There's always that little bit of comedy in it. And I always found you were the you know yourself. You was a prototype sort of British wrestler. You know what I mean? That's just that's how I like to think. But we give him a little bit of humour. We give him a little bit of everything. You know, and that's, I think that's how it should be. I think so. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think people are sometimes afraid to put humour in, aren't they, for, for, for fear of coming across as looking a bit silly. That's but right. um, I think you know to to blow our own horn a little bit. I think I don't think we ever did a show, me or you, where we didn't get heat. No, no. You know, no, no matter what we was doing, I don't think we ever did well, a show. No, where because we didn't as get I heat. said, and I was for you and you like me. So I never worried about who I followed because I do my own stuff. You know, I, no. I knew I could do what I do and still get heat. So I never worried about following anybody or nothing and uh, also I was just quite enjoy it. I used to love you know, I just loved the crowd, I loved everything about it. You know, I, just, I mean I still you know, you can hear now, I still love the business as much as I did then. You know, I'm sixty one now and I just still love it as much as I did back then and it's it's just something that gets in your blood and you can't you can't get rid of, you know. Now, one thing that you are, which I am not, though, Paddy, um, is a pretty hard chap, pretty tasty fella outside the ring. Yeah. Uh, and I know that you and uh, Jimmy got into quite a few scrapes outside the ring. Can you tell us about any in particular? Well, against each other? Or against uh, each other? No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm against each other. No, I mean, I, I mean, like, I've, uh, I can tell when the times used to be tough uh, and used to get attacked by the fans and stuff, you know what I mean? And... Uh, what I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like, well, I mean, one night, um, uh, Julia was doing the manager wrestling at Maidstone, and uh, uh, we was on with um, uh, 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 Robbie Brookside and Ivan Travers. I think Doc was gone somewhere, maybe Germany somewhere. So Ivan Travers in the match. Anyway, we were at this place that packed up Maidstone, but it was a like old cattle market, like the old Norwich used to be, and it, it, we. Turned the um, Norman Travers round the work and I think, God, it's suspicious heat. This is we're really getting to him. And I turn round and there's about twenty traveller women got hold of my wife outside the ring. You know what I mean? So I remember uh, <laughs> Mal Mason running down to help her out and basically sticking him between his glasses all over his head. <laughs> so then the bloke started. I mean, we're, we're fighting. I mean, actually fighting with the crowd. And then I always remember uh, 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 Steve Prince, Soldier Pringle, come running down, put me missus over his shoulder, took her back to time, but she was ripped to pieces. As every, she was going everywhere. I mean, Skull Murphy actually ripped her dress off and just poured all this, uh, this uh, antiseptic stuff down, all the claw marks and that. Wow. So anyway, we go outside and, uh, well, I go outside and they're waiting for me, me, my missus, and uh, there must have been sure, 60, 70 of them. So I... Oof. I was just driven my car straight at them. <laughs> I think one went over the bonnet, but they've just gone, you know what I mean? And uh, well, we've got so many situations like that, you know. I've been stabbed in the old days. It was just mental, you know. And 
it's bad to think now how people used to react because nowadays they're all pretty smart, aren't they? You know what I mean? But in those days, they still 100% believe it, you know, and what would attack you and wanted to kill you and stuff like that, you know? I miss I miss that. Oh, it yeah. used to be so. Yeah, yeah I, I remember doing a show at Hull Beach once. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That used to really yeah. kick off, didn't oh, it? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I remember I was on Dick Harris, you know, Dick is a local hero, wasn't he? Yeah. But yeah. I'm on with Dick, and uh, it's kicked off and everything else, and uh, it's really gone mad, and all the crowd have come out and rushing out. My mate's outside with his car, <laughs> with the doors open, and me and Soraya dived in and shot off. <laughs> it's just, it's our rest again, everything. Uh, it got so bad, you know what I mean? It was, it, I, it was manic. Yeah. I was on with James Mason one uh, night, and this this guy's giving it some, and he he put his, his missus put a face on the bottom of the ring, so I went to like kick it, but not to kick her, uh, and the ring rope hit her under the bottom of the chin, so her boyfriend went to jump into the ring. So I pushed him off the ring. Next thing, they're all trying to get in the ring. So Dick Harrison came out and everybody, and we all went back into the changing rooms. Next thing I know, there's a, an ambulance noise outside. I'm like, what's happened? Nothing's really kicked off too much. And they get, they're dragging this bloke out in an ambulance, and Dale Preston comes in and says to me, that old bloke's got so wound up, he's had a heart attack. <laughs> Can you go and apologise to his family? I said, no, I'm not apologising. I've done my job. Give me, uh, give me a pay, you know, a pay rise. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great, yeah, great time. I had a similar one at Ipswich one night. I was on with, uh, that was when I was on with Dynamite Kid, and they kicked off. <coughs> Jimmy was my manager outside, so I went out to try and help Jimmy. And he, he gave him all the fire extinguishers. He got the fire extinguishers. He grabbed the fire extinguisher. And uh, I'm, we're fighting, actually literally fighting to get out of the hall. And I felt this... Punch in my back. So I didn't even look round. I just back kicked whoever I thought it was. I looked round. There's this geezer in a wheelchair going across the room, <laughs> 100 mile an hour. <laughs> you can imagine that really good. Night, you bastard. You know, getting cripples. It made it worse. You know what I mean? We were fighting like lunatic. Oh, it's, it's funny now. Oh. It's like, are we going to get out of here, Jimbo, or what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, that's the funny stuff. Tremendous. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what made you decide to start your own promotion, WAW? Well, I mean, don't you know, much I love Brian, you know, and I've worked with Brian for years, and I still see Brian as a, you know, as a power in that. Well, we won the belts in 89. <laughs> we suddenly realised we won, there's no belts, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm thinking this is the biggest promotion, you know, in Europe. You know, Brian at the time, I mean, we weren't like the company as it is now, was it? It's all Brian, Max, and a couple of others, weren't we, really? We weren't like the company. So I'm thinking, well, so me and Jim went and had these belts made, you know what I mean? And then, like, they got some shows, they started putting on championship matches first and all this, and I'm thinking, you know, and it's just the general way that the um, the uh, guys were being treated, you know? It's just like, well, you know, it's no need to treat people like this. So I decided to start a promotion. Funny enough, it's a year you've done an interview with us. I think it's 89 you've done it. It was, yeah. yeah. You've got a great memory, yeah, buddy. Yeah, we talked about WAW in the, um, in the uh, thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and the first show we actually done was um, we decided to do a charity show, which was for Brian Gunn, a Norwich keeper at the time. His, his daughter had leukemia. So that was our first show called War 94, and uh, it, it was a real success. I mean, it was like, you know, we... We had all the people, the top guys all at the time. We had the cheerleaders. We'd done everything. We, 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 we come to the old Cornhall. You know, you've not worked in Norris Cornhall. Right old Carsey. So this nightclub with the lasers and the uh, things. We, we found a great, great show, you know what I mean? And 
cheerleaders around it, and it, it just took off and was going blimey, you know, this sort of new 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 wave of promotions, sort I of think. But but now we're the old promotions; everyone's left us behind. You know what I mean? But yeah. at that time, we were the new wave sort of thing, and uh, that took off. And uh, you know, we we try to you know make the belt special. Even now, when we have a championship match, we still have the we still have the round system. We still do the fanfares. We still have the national anthems. You know what I mean? We still do all that to make the belt special and yeah. stuff like that. Because I believe you know, I mean, look at if you see with Paige the other night. We see one. I don't know if you see the backstage bit where they show her backstage and she's yep. crying yep. and stuff. That meant something to her because she's always been taught belts mean something. You you earn belts. All right, we're in a moody business, whatever people want to call it, and this and that and the other. But you've got to earn that belt still. You're still seen as the best. Even you know what I mean. I mean, yeah, when we and Jimmy got them belts, as far as Brian was concerned, we were the best tag team around at that time. You know, and he thought we could carry them belts, and to us, that was an honour. And what I'm saying is still into my guys is when you get a belt, it's an honour, you know. Some say it's a prop. Yes, it might be a prop. It's also an honour because that promoter sees you fit enough to carry his belt and puts his hopes on you. So yeah. this is what, what we try to do. And as I said, once we've done that one show, it, we sort of went from there. We had a, a lot of success. And then Brian Dixon suddenly decided he didn't want to do Norwich no more. So we we had we done a deal over the territory around here. And then uh, within a year, year, I think I built up uh, the territories and we sold out a crowd of 2,000 in Norwich Sports Village in 2001. Yeah, uh, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah. That, was the, that was the ultimate. So then we lived on that for years and years locally. And even now, we're still drawing seven, 800 at our, at our local um, halls. So you know, we're doing okay around here. Yeah, it is, uh, the fr- that was Frightmare, wasn't it? Frightmare, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what would you say was that? Because there's a lot of people, and I think British wrestling, from what I'm gathering at the moment, is on a, a wave at the moment. It seems very, very popular. Yeah. Um, what would you say the key to good promotion is? What keeps a good promotion, or good? Yeah. What makes a good promotion? What is the key to promoting a show? Well. All oh, right. Okay. Well, the idea is, to me is you know get the right talent for a start. Obviously, you know, people are going to work for the show, not work for themselves. Uh, get, get the obviously get the advertising right. I mean. I've found now, after years and years, our best way is we we go door to door leafleting wherever we are now, you know. So because if people, if you've got a leaflet drop on your doormat, you're going to look at it. Whether it's for a pizza, whether it's for a theatre or anything else, you look at it. And if you want to do it, you're going to throw it away, or otherwise you're going to pin it on your fridge. But it's going to be seen, you know. And I think as I say, on Facebook, you just work, work, work Facebook all the time, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as I said, keep, uh, try and make, keep, try and believe as you can. Because uh, my idea is, that, all right, people know where well, this, where well, that. But I always say, I always say we're, we're fighting illusionists. You know, I look at someone like that magician on there, Dynamo. Have you seen him on the telly? I haven't. Uh, he's living here. We don't see you him. You look at him. Right. He's sensational. You look at him. You can't. And the tricks he do is amazing. But you know it's a trick. But yep. you walk away amazed. And I said to the lads, yep. well, people do walk away from WAW shows. I want them to walk away amazed. They go, yep. well, we know this, we know that, but how did they do that? Did you see that? And this and that and the other. So every time we try and keep you know, keep things going and, and storylines and stuff like that. I mean, I've just done a year with my son's up to my retirement, you know, and uh, uh, we've we got our own sort of stuff where we do uh, our own publicity on our own WAW channel and stuff. And the time... We got to the match uh, in the cage. You could feel the atmosphere. The cage was going up. It felt like a big fight night rather than a wrestling show. You know what I'm saying? I mean, 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. Which is belief. That's what I'm saying. Just that, that, for that two or three hours, it's surrendered belief. And I think that's what you've got to do, you know, and, and not be so blasé about, oh, people know, let's, don't worry about it, you know, but don't rub the faces in it, that's what I'm saying, you know. Yeah, still, still keep the backstage safe. No wives, girlfriends, kids come backstage, you know what I mean? No internet reporters come backstage. If they want to, they, they come to my shows, they can, they can talk to people, but don't get backstage. I still keep the backstage is a, is our our area, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's where we get our respect. 100%. Yeah, 100% agree with you there. 100%. Now, obviously, you've got a huge wrestling family. Um, (laughs) I mean, this is going to take 20 minutes, but uh, tell us your wrestling family in order of when they started wrestling and ages. Well, I got myself, obviously, and then it's my uh, my wife, Soraya, Jules, as you know her, and then it's my daughter, Nikki Best. She, She wrestled for a long time, but she now she's now stopped. She's, she's now a medium. She's got wrestling to be a medium. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had my brother Jules. He wrestled for a while. He's a he's a boxer, but he 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 wrestled for two or three years. And then I got my other son Asa, who who tried wrestling, but he's got a food uh, illnesses. But he does refereeing for us now and again. And then we got Royster. You know, Roy, a zebra kid. People that know him. And then we got Zach, my other son. And then we got Paige, obviously. And then we got my two grandsons now who are doing the Battle Cats, the tag team of the Battle Cats, because uh, Jimmy passed his mask down to um, to um, my grandson when he used to do Battle Cat in Japan. He passed his mask down to my son, grandson Ricky. So that cannot be. That can't be Royce. Royce lad. Yeah, yeah, Ricky. Yeah, yeah. No. How old is he? He's Fourteen. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Oh my lord. Yeah, and Patrick, um, my, which is Nicky's son, he's fourteen too. So. Wow. Yeah. So they. I can't believe Ricky's fourteen. That's, he's, that's he's, he's, he's making. Yeah, he's tall. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, he's tall lad. He's yeah. He's coming on well. Yeah, it's so, making me feel so, very, very. I have him in the uh, cats up because they're still, they're still young. But I mean, we're doing that stuff. You don't know because they, you know, they do some of the stuff and they do it sensational, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. Like I did with Zach, you know, what we did with Roy. All my kids started so young, they all started in a mask because they started so young. But, um, you know, it just, they just, uh, they shock me how good they are, you know, I think, well, they are, but I know they're my grandsons that, but they're going to be sensational as well. They're going to be, they're going to hit it big time. You've got it well, and and if anyone doesn't believe it when you say that, I think you've got uh, some proof in the pudding now, haven't you? Oh yeah, I mean yeah, it's just plays and so yeah, I'd like to take a plug for Nick as well. He started with us, Nick Oldest, and I'm proud of him too. I was I was going to say yeah. uh, pick up some names who've also come out of your wrestling yeah, but school. Yeah, I yeah, well. just want to say that Nick. I mean, you know, Paige is getting a lot of things rightly so. I mean, you know, well, I just also like to say you know, well done to Nick. I don't get to talk to him that often, but. Yeah, you know, he, he's done well for himself. This is, Ma- this is Magnus we're talking yeah, about, Magnus, TNA yeah, world champion. TNA, yeah. yeah, I mean, he started with us. He, you know, he obviously went other places after us, but you know, I, I think he done it the right way. When he wanted to come a wrestler, he got the body first. You know what I mean? Then come to us, and uh, you know, he done everything the right way. And he's always ambitious, and you know, he's going to go somewhere. I didn't particularly think maybe wrestling, but he always knew he was going to be a star of some sort. Yeah, same as Ray. They got this. They got this look about him. They got this quality that you think. They're going to be a star at something, you know what I mean? They just got that star quality, you know. Yeah, And uh, I still think you'll find 
you know, Zach and that will be up there and Roy in the end because they, they're, they're, they're still trying. They ain't going to give up yet, you know. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Now, you've done absolutely loads of stuff um, outside of wrestling as well, um, TV things. I mean, I couldn't. I was trying to remember some of them, mm. uh, and there's that many. Tell us some of the other outside of um, wrestling things you've done. I know a lot of it's been wrestling-based, yeah. but what other, what other TV things have you been on? Well, we've been on every chat show you can think of, every chat show, you know, from Kilroy upwards to anyone we haven't been on a train we call yet. But... Uh, um, all the teeth I had knocked out, I must qualify soon, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so with that last documentary, we've done uh, A Week in the Life of Sweet Soraya, which is more a documentary on the family than the wrestling, even though wrestling was a part of it. It was when we were running the pub and everything else and stuff. And, uh, uh, well, did, uh, we just so, so, so much is, um, we, we've done over the years, you know, it's just try to think of more, you know. Oh, of course, you had a pub as well. Yeah. That was called yeah, well, The Wrestlers, The Wrestlers wasn't it? Arms, yeah. We had three pubs and all, but The Wrestlers Arms we had for a couple of years, yeah. Uh, that was, that was part, that's part of the uh, documentary done. It's just seven, seven days of the life of Julian, really. And uh, from everything, not just about the wrestling, but the whole life of running the pub, running the wrestling, running the family, and stuff like that. And it was, it was quite interesting. So, yeah, and... Uh, it's, yeah, and obviously the documentary, and we we done a, a, a movie a couple of years ago with Danny Dyer and all that and stuff like that. So it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's done done other things. amazing amount of stuff. Yeah. Now the the TV show did really well, didn't yeah, it? it the did, rest, yeah. Wrestling with my family. Did anything ever come of that? Because I know there was talk of of doing something after that. Yeah, there was, was talk about it, but um, what it was, the um, Channel Four commissioned it. I mean, the company who made it wanted to push it to the heavens, you know, and uh, I think now, <laughs> from Monday night, they're all regretting it because that, that was the biggest follow-up would have been Raya, you see. And I talked to the director the other day. He's got some other things in mind for us, but I don't think it's going to be a follow-up to the documentary because I talked to him the other day. He's got some other things he wants us to do, you know what I mean? But he hasn't, he, he hasn't picked the ideas to me yet, but he said that we're too good a family to leave out but uh, stuff he wants to do, so... And funny it's, enough, he, he was a Superfly fan. That's how we got the gig in the first place. He used to watch me and Jimmy in the old days. So when he got a chance to do something on wrestling, he said, oh, I'm going to see Ricky Knight. And it, originally, it was going to be about me and the WAW as a company, but then when Ray got the call, it all changed to be about her. You know what I mean? So, which is nice, anyway, because I think it come across really good. It did. It was it was good. Very very good program. Yeah. I mean, your your entire family, uh, with its ups and downs and its good bits and its bad bits yeah. and everything, is a riveting story, isn't well, it? Well, it you know, it makes, is, makes we are what we are. We're, we're cats, last people. We're, we're, we we don't we don't know ears and graces. We are what we are. We say as it is. And I always say we're like Marmite. People love us or hate us. You know what I mean? But I think what people do get. I think that documentary helped us in a lot of ways because a lot of people who before you know says is these people suddenly got a new idea of us, you know, that, you know, you know, because we've got a rough exterior, we're, we're close-knit family, you know, we're, we're law family, we're law to everybody, and there's only thing in life I say is, you know, you might have no money, you might be able to give much, but you can always give law to it, it costs nothing, you know what I'm saying? Right, we've got to talk about it then. Uh, your daughter has gone on to, I mean, just the beginning at the moment of, of what is going to happen to her. What, what are you hoping for? 
Former. What do you have? Do you have any worries about her? Obviously, when you go out to America, she's 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 just won the women's championship. Mm. It's just the beginning for her. Yeah. She's gonna she's gonna earn herself a lot of money. Um, do you have any worries? It's always a worries. I mean, as I say, because like at the end of the day, she is on her own over there. You know, she's um, you know she's a, a girl. She lives on her own. Everything's on her own at the moment. So. Um, I do worry, you know, and, and obviously all the travelling and all the flying and everything else, you know, it's just, it's a risk business, isn't it? You know, in the ring, you know yourself, you're trying to show your car as a wrestler, <laughs> you know, and insurance goes through the roof because, you know, obviously uh, the more travelling you do, the more chance of accidents and that. So every time she gets on a flight, you see her worry, you know, just stupid things like that, you know, it's just like, it's, you know, because she is like the apple of my eye, she's my princess, you know, so like, um, and that's a downside. I don't see enough of her, but I mean, I know she's doing well, but I, I still don't stop me worrying about her all the time, you know. Uh, Roy, mm-hmm. um, I know, and now what, from what I'm gathering, reading on social media, being yeah. stuck here in Cyprus, he's trying to get a work permit. Is this because there's been interest shown in him? Yeah, I can say there's interest shown in him, uh, and by uh, two or three uh, people in America, and he's been offered a movie role, to be fair. Uh, right. In, okay. uh, him and Zach, so... Um, the thing is, as I said, because he's got a bit of a checkered past like me, um, we, 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 we down the embassy, um, we've been trying to sort it out, and uh, he got a bit of a knockback the other day, but it's not a permanent one, so we're, we're going to other places. Um, we've got a couple of um, sponsors in America who want to bring him over to do this movie and that, so we're hoping that's going to help. But, I mean, he, I mean the boy's just, you know, he's turned his life around. People see the old boy, he's not like that anymore, he's got... Yeah, he's got a family, he's got a mortgage, he's got kids, he's got a lovely wife, you know what I mean? He works hard in the gym every day, and, you know, he's really turned it around. And uh, uh, he, I just want the boys to get the break he deserves, because, you know, you know, Steve, and I know, he's been one of the best around for years, you know what I mean? Yep. I know he's his son, and I'm biased, but, I mean, I'm, enough people would tell you that. He's been one, I just think he deserves his break, you know? And, yep. uh, obviously, Zach, he wants to do it, they want to do it as a tag team, so Zach wants to do it with his brother, you know? They've got this hooligans tag team thing going on, which has been proven a great success in the moment and stuff, and uh, getting recognised around the world as well. So Zach wants to go with his brother. So that's at the moment, that's a sticking point, but we're working on it as we speak, really. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, fingers crossed for absolutely, because, I mean, like you say, uh, Roy's got his checkered past, and it's it's unbelievably difficult to believe when you meet him, because he's such a lovely, lovely guy. Uh, And I know that since his troubles, he's turned it all around, and and fingers crossed for him, hopefully something will come off. Right, winding down with this question, um, and I think... Um, you are probably the man to ask this question too. Uh, we've got so much talent in the UK, and unfortunately, it's leaving the UK and it's going abroad. Um, like you said, Nick Aldis, Magnus, Adrian Neville, Spud, your daughters, your kids are looking to leave. The great wrestlers are looking to leave. Um, yet there's so much talent about right now, probably more than there's been for, you know, Christ knows how long. Um, what do we need to get British wrestling back on television? Well, to be honest, but. <laughs> That's another thing I'm, I'm working on now. You know, it's, I'm always working on it. I've been working on it for years. But between, uh, between me and you and everybody who's going to listen to this podcast... <laughs> what are you saying? That's <laughs> David, come on. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're, I think we're as close as now as we've been for a long, long time. Let's put it this way, without saying too much. I think we're as close now as we've ever been to, to wrestling back on TV. There's a lot of, a hell of a lot of interest, you know, 
But it is going to take for everyone to work together. That's the problem, you know, and it's, it's getting everyone to work together. You know that yourself, mate. I mean, yeah. we've got so much top talent, but to bring them all together, we've all got to work together. We've all got to be a believer in the product and bring all these guys together to bring the best shows, you know what I mean? So uh, it's time for promoters and wrestlers and everyone else to drop the ego and do what's best for British wrestling. You know, let's get all this talent on TV. And uh, one man can't do it. We need the whole country to come together. And Zach's actually got a campaign at the moment to get British wrestling back on TV. And he's, he's, he's got, he started on Facebook and uh, he's getting a lot of attention from a lot of TV companies at the moment about it. So we'll just keep our fingers crossed. And, but I believe it's the nearest we've been to getting them to listen to us for a long time. Watch this space then. Yeah, certainly watch this space, definitely. I mean, we got a, a little cook one at um, Ben TV on a Saturday night. It's an African channel. Remember Morris? Remember Morris too? Can't Absolutely, Australia. I do, yeah. Well, yeah. Morris has got us a little deal on there on a Saturday night, 182 on Sky. And stuff. It's not the most quality channel in the world, you know, but Morris has got us on there. But at the moment, they're just showing old footage from WAW and stuff, you know. Um, but that's just a, that's just a six-month contract and stuff. But um, that's broken um, that, and you know, just get to some the African market and stuff. And we've already got stuff out of that come out of that, so that's been worth the project in the first place, you know. So um, everything everything is in place at the moment. And as I said, we've got a lot of people batting our corner at the moment. Even TV people are battling our corner and believe that you know, especially back on TV. Look at the darts. I'm just watching the darts now. I mean, that was on its arse a few years ago. They're getting 11,000 crowds. Can you believe this? 11,000 people watching darts. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But with, the right, with the right product and the right people working together, then we can, it can be done. I was saying the, the, um, the very first um, NXT show that was shown on the network um, that your daughter was on, I think that is the exact kind of setup that we could look at That's for the, right. the British show. Yeah, I, I thought that was definitely something we could aim for. Well, the thing is, you know, I actually, my home... Thing is now a TV studio, you know. That's we, my, my home base, a TV studio, Epic Studios in Norwich. It used to be Trisha Studios. That's where, right, okay. That's where we run now. We've got the, all the cameras and sort of everything's here. It's actually a TV studio. And I keep right. telling people, come on, let's, let's get this done properly, you know. I've got a yeah. terrific film crew, all the HD cameras, got all the production crew we need, you know. And so I just worry about people working together. That's all I worry about because we can get this done, you know. Yeah, fingers crossed everybody will. Hopefully, you see, everybody will listen to this. You see, even though your words were laughing, saying that nobody listens, <laughs> top 300 in the world, may I say. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> All right, anyway. All right, here we go. I would listen to you, mate. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> right, as we wind down, Paddy. Okay, buddy. Uh, favourite opponent of all time? Uh, my favourite opponent? Um... Apart from obviously Dynamite Kid and people like that, and the top guys, my, my favourite opponent is Crusher Mason. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know he's, he's a hero of yours. Oh, isn't absolute, he? my hero, icon, my best friend, and everything. Yeah, but he was yeah. brilliant, most underrated heavyweight this country's ever seen, in my opinion. Favourite match of all time is the one we mentioned earlier with King Ben. Yeah, King Ben and and closely followed by a cage match with Roy and Loverstop about five years ago. Yeah. Right, and finally, we have to finish it. We have to do some word association. Right. I'm going to name ten people, and I want you to give me uh, your opinion on them. All right. Okay. Is that one word, and or do you want an opinion? <laughs> I want an honest opinion. Okay. Use any language you may want. Okay. Say anything you want. Right. Okay. Okay. Kendo Nagasaki. Um, 
No, a bit understood. Bit misunderstood bloke, really. Not a bad fellow under him at all. Always been all right with me, to be fair. So, yeah, he's an icon, isn't he? Whatever we think of him. Brian Dixon. Brian is another one. I mean, I class Brian as a friend. I mean, we've had our ups and downs, but he is the number one promoter in the country, and he's the one you've got to aspire to beat. I don't think uh, anyone can at the moment. He's the top man. Alex Shane. Alex, there's another one. Every week, me and Alex hate each other. We don't hate each other. We're, we're quite good buddies, you know. But, uh, I think on the surface, we're great, so we don't hate each other. Me and Alex got probably different ideas about moving forward, but I respect Alex. I like him as a person, and uh, I hope he's like a buddy, to be honest with you. Let's call him as a buddy. Doug Williams. Doug, now Doug is one of my favourite people. You know, he's been everywhere, and yet he's, he's never he's never changed. He's always been Doug. He still comes and works. And he's actually my world champion at the moment. I put it out there for you now. So uh, that's how much I rate Doug. And when he's in the change room, he's a pleasure to have around and the show. So, yeah, that's a gentleman, in one word, for Doug. El Liguero. El Liguero. <laughs> You've done this for controversy, have you? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I love the boy a bit. He's the most nicest, humblest young guy I wish to meet, Okay. And what's, uh, uh, I always said that he, what he does is fantastic and stuff like that. He's a great fucking worker, right? But it's not my type of wrestling. That's all, that's all my wife says and that's all I'll say. I've had him on my show, so I rate the boy highly, yeah? But if I had a choice, I'd rather see the uh, more chain wrestling style. That's all I'm saying. But I love the boy at death. Marty Jones. Marty, another great guy. You know, Marty... When I first started WAW, he was one of the guys who helped me the most and was the most honest guy with me and helped me with promotion and everything. Another gentleman, in my opinion. Hulk Hogan? Hulk Hogan, well, I don't, I don't know him personally, but uh, you can't take away from the guy. He could work a crowd. He knew what he's doing. And uh, as I don't know him personally, I'll just say, you know, an icon. I don't know him as a person, though. Robbie Brookside? Robbie, well... Well, Robbie is a great mate. He's one of the best, and uh, he's in the right place at the moment doing what he's doing. He, he can teach people a lot. He is a fantastic fella. Love him to bits. And finally, Sweet Soraya. Sweet Soraya. She's my rock. She's my friend, and she saved my life. And I'll say that. I'll say that without anything. It's not being dramatic. She saved my life. So now affectionately known as Paige's dad, <laughs> uh, it is Ricky Knight on the Steve Knight Show. I'm sure you'll agree. Top fella is Ricky Knight. Don't forget to check him out on social media and check out his wrestling promotion as well, WAW. Uh, that's just about all for this week. Uh, don't forget to follow me on Twitter. I need more Twitter followers. I know there is thousands of people downloading this podcast, but not thousands of people follow me on Twitter. Follow me, please, at Knight Podcast on Twitter. You can also get me on Facebook as well. It's nighttime on Facebook book and also on the email nightpodcast at gmail.com uh, follow me send me a message whatever you would like to do so i'll speak to you again in a couple of weeks time bye bye for now be seeing you